Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. I'm Greg Pickle from Blue White Illustrated, and Ryan Snyder is back as well to kick off August and recap the Penn State Lash Bash, which is what, of course, closed down the July portion of the recruiting calendar. We're also going to talk about a big Penn State miss on the recruiting trail, a top 2024 prospect, including the Lions, in his newly shaved list of schools. And we'll get into what you can expect on the recruiting trail in August as fall camp gets underway. But first, we'll hit you with the intro, and then we'll be back with the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. Welcome back. It's the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. I'm Greg Pickle. He's Ryan Schneider in a brand new studio and a brand new house. If you missed the last few episodes of July, Ryan has long been preparing with his family for a move. And buddy, congratulations. You have pulled it off. And I know you still have a lot more work to do, but you're here, you're back, and we have a lot of Penn State recruiting news to talk about. Yeah, it might be a little echoey in here, guys. I apologize. I need to Hang some photos and fill out this room. I'm just sitting in a random room in my basement right now. I tried hanging a photo behind me just <laughs> just to pad the walls, but uh, I need to hang a lot more, I think. So I apologize if it was a little echoey, but I, I promise we'll get this room uh, sounding good here uh, in, in the weeks ahead. Well, I think Penn State fans can live with it as long as they get your insight. And we're going to start on that topic with Evan Link. So Penn State fans have long been wondering what the four-star offensive tackle from Gonzaga College in the Washington, D.C. area would do. He's gone silent with reporters. He's gone silent with coaches for really much of June and July. And certainly in July, Ryan, we've sat here and said that he could make a decision at just about any time. And Monday was that day. He commits to Michigan, a school that he did not take an official visit to, but clearly had a lot of interest in he snuck out there i shouldn't say snuck but he went out there without uh making any public headwaves about it uh for an unofficial visit last weekend for michigan's version of the last bash and he ends up committing and there's just no way to sugarcoat it it's a big loss for penn state a top regional offensive tackle a position of need and one that penn state has had a little bit of trouble with in terms of getting true bona fide offensive tackles over the last cycle brian What's your read on this? How does Penn State respond? And at the end of the day, is there anything they could have done differently in this recruitment to lead to a different outcome in your mind? Yeah, well, of course, in addition to Evan, Stanton Rammel uh, committed to Michigan State yesterday, too. So it was kind of a back-to-back blow there at the offensive tackle position. Like you said, Link was very quiet, right? I don't think a whole lot of people had a great gauge on the situation. I I know, you know, there was a one point talk that he was going to commit a little earlier in July. I mean, that that was never really the case. Everybody uh, that I speak with at Penn State was always made it clear that this is a silent one. He's not really talking to uh, the staff too much and didn't really appear to be talking to other staffs either as much. Because I know just talking to the, the Michigan guys, you know, it was really silent up until maybe a week before uh, he, he just maybe a little more than we'll say 10 days or so before the the uh, barbecue at the big house, as they like to call it. But uh, look, we always knew academics were going to have a big part in this, right? Stanford, obviously on this level, Penn State's here. I mean, you can argue that Michigan's kind of in between there. And, and I think from that perspective, it makes a lot of sense. 
And then, of course, Michigan offers a, a higher level of football compared to a, a school like Stanford as well. So there are a lot of things here that when you, you know, from the outside looking in, may, make a lot of sense for uh, for Michigan. But uh, only time will tell. If he, what do you excuse me? Not only time will tell, but only time will really tell how Penn State uh, rebounds from this is what I meant to say. Sorry. Yeah, I think that's the maybe biggest frustration for fans. Losing Link is is something that a lot of Penn State fans aren't living with very well. And obviously, for, there's obvious reasons for that. Penn State was a school we visited often, and they maybe at one point seemed to be the leader. But I think the frustration really boils over, Ryan, just because of how they've recruited offensive tackles in recent cycles. And it's been a lot of guys who have big – I mean, we know how James Franklin likes to recruit this position. Big, tall guys with big frames, big shoulders, long arms, long legs things like that that can fill out and become tackles but they have to do that first it's been sometimes hit or miss with that being the case and obviously they've missed on in previous classes some big time tackle targets that have been out there links just the latest example of that of course you mentioned Stanton Ramble committing to Michigan State late Monday night as well so I don't think we have a whole lot to discuss when it comes to where Penn State goes from here because it seems like that's a learning process at this point and something that they have to figure out. I mean, I think for the longest time here, Link was obviously priority 1A, and they certainly pushed for Stanton Rammel. And you're going to have to remind me here, Miles Walker is still on the board, not on the board, maybe not no, on Penn Miles State's Walker board. but yeah. State. That's right. He's a commodity state commit now. Yes. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, they made a late push for those two. And and obviously it leaves you in a place now where you have to figure out where your next move is. And I'm not sure there's an obvious one. There are some uncommitted tackles out there, but none of them are really ones Penn State has had any or very little involvement with. So, you know, I know we're not going to belabor the point here because, again, I mean, I think we could sit here and try and spit some names at people, but I'm not sure it means a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. But overall, I guess, instead of doing that, how important is it that they find a tackle in this class? Is it is it something that is a must? Is it something that they should yeah. do only if the right opportunity presents itself? And can it be fixed maybe through the transfer portal, or is that too dicey of a proposition in your mind? I think they'll do both. They'll do both. Yeah, uh, they, they will try in the transfer portal, and they will try – uh, to find a, a high-level uh, offensive tackle, high school prospect. I mean, I, although I would say, I mean, pretty for the most part, the the high-level offensive tackle prospects are done. I, I don't see Samson Okamola coming here, and Evan was their their last best shot at that. Uh, there will be guys that have the the frame and the potential and, and all that stuff, but those truly coveted tackles, they're they're pretty much off the board now. now of course, you can always flip somebody, and maybe down the road we'll we'll get to see uh, Penn State do that, but. There's, there's only so many places they can go here. So we'll there are names out there. We'll keep them to the message boards for now, and, and we'll, let's see how things progress. We're 24 hours out. I, like personally, I think just throwing names out there at this stage weirdly doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they have to cast a new net with, with Stanton and uh, Evan Link coming off the board uh, immediately back-to-back there, both to Michigan schools, by the way, which was interesting. But, uh, yeah, only time will really tell here, but they do have to get a tackle and, and they're going to always look, they're always going to look for top ta- top tackle prospects in the transfer portal. The issue is everybody's going to do that. So right. it's, you need thing you need a lot of things that kind of fall in your favor there to make it work. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it falls out, but they, I do expect them to add at least one more offensive lineman in this class. And to segue real quick, you know, Yazid Haynes, of course, decommitted earlier, you know, while we were away over the last week, too. Uh, I, I would expect Penn State to, to, to push hard for a wide receiver, potentially two more wide receivers. But the wide receiver offensive line, I'm not going to say they're connected completely, but 
I know Phil Troutline would love to take maybe two more offensive linemen. I know Taylor Subblefield would like to take probably two more uh, wide receivers, but of course they have uh, needs at other positions. You got KV on keys and uh, defensive ends. You, you have some positions that, that also need to be filled out. So I'll be curious to see, could Penn State really take two ta- or two offensive linemen and two wide receivers? I think that's unlikely. So I, but de- depending on how they're, uh, you know, build relationships with guys and how that all progresses, those positions could impact each other moving forward here with uh, the class about, you know, 75, 80% filled. Yeah, there's a lot to figure out here. And I think it is important to note that, Ryan, we see it every year. There are staff changes at other schools, be it position coaches, coordinators, head coaches. There could be some at Penn State, for all we know, at one point down the road. So I think it's important to remember that it is only August 2nd as we sit here and talk. So there's a lot more Mm -hmm. movement to be done. But it's also hard to get past the fact of what you just said. I mean, that's kind of the big pull out here of what we're getting at is that when you look at the list of premier tackle options, if you go back to January and if you're a Lions Den uh, premium subscriber, which of course you can join us if you're not one for $1 for one year of access and it won't last forever. So be sure to jump on that soon, but you could have seen Ryan preview kind of where things were going at different positions across the class of 2023. And a lot of those names, if not all of them on the tackle board are gone. And unless you're going to flip somebody, there's really no way to get back in the mix there. So time will tell, but another cycle where I think fans were hoping for what could be the best offensive line class yet in the James Franklin era. And at one time with what they already have committed, looked like that was a possibility. And now it's going to maybe have a a sense of got some really good player. Penn State fans will say that Penn State got really good players inside, but tackle was another area of, of concern for yet another cycle. Yeah, and I mean, look, Donko or Jamin Williams, I mean, they could potentially play those positions. Uh, of course, how they grow uh, will have a big impact on that. I mean, I still think Donko is a real, uh, could be a real uh, offensive tackle. I think Jamin, just from watching him, I think he fits a little bit better. He pulls really well and things like that. He maybe fits a little better at guard, but uh, they, they have a good line class here. They're, yes, they miss on off some offensive tackles, but uh, as you mentioned, that we, we will see how the, you know, the, the coaching carousel swings late in the year and uh, Penn State's taken advantage of that in the past and maybe they'll be able to do it again but between now and then I certainly expect names to come up but if if, you know you're expecting top 100 offensive tackles I, I think that opportunity has passed them by. All right. What is the BWI Daily Recruiting Show? That's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. We're moving on to a recap of the last bash, Ryan. It was last weekend in State College, an event that we talked to James Franklin about in Indianapolis during Big Ten Media Days. And the standout quote from him there was simply the fact that this was probably, I would say, and, and you know this better than anyone, but the largest group Penn State has had on campus for one of these. If you're listening for the first time and not familiar with what it is, the last bash has long been something that Penn State did in the summer that brought commits and some top targets to campus for a day of fun. James Franklin making clear that it's more about guys and and their families enjoying themselves. It's not really a presentation-heavy day or a film-heavy day. It can be, but for the most part, this is a very relaxed environment where uh, kids and their family come to campus and play games and do scavenger hunts and things like that. So obviously that is one difference compared to past years just a number of players on campus a bunch of underclassmen uh, James Franklin saying at Big Ten Media Days that they've always tried to keep the group small because that's how you can ensure everyone has a good time but it's hard hard to tell good players that want to come know as well so I guess let's just start with the 50,000 foot impression of this event no commitments coming out of it for Penn State none really expect it going in I don't believe but Still seems like, based on social media and some other feedback we've received, it was a good day for the Nittany Lions. 
Yeah, it was a good day with the underclassmen. Uh, of course, 2024 and 2025 were the bulk of this class or the bulk of this event. Uh, I think it was probably 80, 90 percent, really. Uh, and then for the most part, the 2023 guys were all committed. Uh, there, were, there were two uncommitted 2023 players, uh, wide receiver Justin Brown from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, running back Sam Singleton from uh, Orange Park, Florida, basically just, just a little bit of south of Jacksonville. And we will see how they kind of uh, fit in moving forward. I think we got to watch Justin Brown Friday night uh, at the final Elite Prospect Camp of the Year, and he performed well. I, I, I was very impressed with some of his testing times. I believe he ran a 4 five forty, and uh, has some other numbers there that, that really worked out well. So I'll be curious to see how that impacts him moving forward. I wouldn't say that he's, you know, an absolute guy they're going to 100% go after now. I, I do believe there's a real chance of that. I think they're just kind of deciding it. They're, 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 they're looking over right. across the country at the, the wide receivers there. Uh, but I, I will say that Justin Brown's testing times compared to Yazid Haynes stack up pretty well. So let's just see how that, that plays out. He's, he's not quite as fast and as explosive as Yazid was, but he's not far off either. And, and that's what Penn State wanted to see. They wanted to get an accurate feel for how good of an athlete Justin Brown is. He came in, had a good showing. So, again, there's, a, there's quite a few talented wide receivers, some guys. I mean, wide receivers, especially one of those positions where you, you can find three-star gems all the time. So that's, that's still a position I feel pretty good about. Penn State can find some players there. And where Justin Brown fits in that, only time will tell. But uh, for the most part, the 2024 list, like I said, was was who made up this uh, the bulk of this crowd. I will also note, though, that there were some very talented players expected who didn't show. Uh, athlete Josiah Brown out of Long Island. He's going to be one of Penn State's top overall players, wasn't able to show. Uh, quarterback Michael Van Buren from St. Francis. Wide receiver Tysier Denmark from uh, Roman Catholic. Uh, a few others then, too, uh, weren't able to make the trip. So that was a bit of a blow, but... There were still awesome players like Quentin Martin there, uh, Peter Jones, the talented offensive lineman out of Malvern Prep. I can go on and on. Cam Lindsay is going to be a, an important linebacker target for Penn State. Shamir Fredericks is a player we haven't talked about a ton uh, out of Canarsie, I believe, up in up in Brooklyn. I, man, I was really impressed with uh, Shamir when his team came for the 7-on-7. I think it was the first 7-on-7 this year awesome yeah. length and he can really move too so keep an eye on him but it was still a very good list i mean over about, about two dozen or so talented 2024 guys the vast majority i think all but a couple of them had offers already from the staff uh sam p lost a good linebacker out of wisconsin i think we'll be talking about a lot rico scott of course from bishop mcdevitt he's he's on pace to be a you know he's already a top 300 prospect and i think his his stock should only improve too so very good 2024 class of course all good things to say the scavenger hunt is always uh, a rave for right. these guys. Uh, if fans are unfamiliar, the scavenger hunt is basically you pair up with position players and your coaches. So uh, the defensive lineman, for example, Jameel Lyons uh, was with John Scott and uh, a few other players. And, you know, of course, Justin Brown goes with Taylor Stubblefield, et cetera, et cetera. So they, they just basically go on golf carts all over campus and uh, play capture the flag pretty much is what it is. So it always gets a lot of good reviews and, uh, whoever came up with that idea deserves uh, a pat on the back because that that's that's been one of those events or those activities, I guess you could say, that we haven't seen in a lot of other places that Penn State uh, recruits often rave about. So good, uh, good, good feedback there. There were some talented 2025 guys too. Obviously, 2025 is a long way down the road. I know a lot of fans feel that way, but I do want to mention Fahim Delane out of Good Counsel. Really, really good looking safety prospect. I think we're talking about like a top 50 player there. 
he came out for the third time now since April, I believe. So that's a that's a positive sign moving forward. Malik Washington is a really good quarterback out of Archbishop Spalding. Parker Meese, I wrote a story on last week uh, out of Texas. Really good, talented linebacker. Favorite players, Michael Parsons. A lot of a lot of good feedback from uh, Parker's uh, father when we talked yep. last week too. So Deshaun Burnett. I mean, Bud Coombs is a player I, I've heard of. I've heard about Bud Coombs since he's been like in sixth grade. So he's. He's just now uh, going to get his opportunity to math for the show out this year. So be excited to watch. But overall, good, good last bash. It's missing. It was missing some talented 2023 players, which I know Penn State would have liked to have more. And then it also was missing some very talented 2024 players. You know, Denmark, Jalen Harvey, I didn't mention earlier, Gabriel Williams uh, out of St. Vincent Pilate. But Williams was at St. Francis. He's going to go back to Pilate now. Uh, so, so fans. There, there's confusion I, I've seen on fans on message board and where he's from. He's at Pilates. He will be playing for Pilates this year. But, uh, yeah, good event. But I, I wouldn't say – I would say it was missing some of those firework all-star players that, that fans really like to see. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No yeah, one thing that's important to remember is that this is an event that the players and their families have to pay their way to. So you can't mm-hmm. take an. Yeah, I know we talk a lot about spring and summer official visits, which of course only applies in this setting to the class of 2023, but those guys cannot take those all expenses paid by the school trip in July. So if you're a 2023 guy and you want to come, you have to find a way to get there. And I think if fans were reading the message board at the Lions Den uh, premium form, bluewhiteillustrated.com, you would have saw that there was a lot of back and forth about what Jalen Thompson, the 2023 defensive lineman, was going to do. Uh, I believe he ended up ultimately at Michigan State. But, you know, I'm sure he had wanted to go to Penn State, uh, at least at one point he did. But, you know, you'd have to find someone to drive you or find a way to pay for a plane ticket for you and your family. And so, I mean, I know there's a direct flight Detroit to State College, but I think that it's important to remember some of those realities of what's going on during this short July visit window, because unlike the June period where guys can take official visits, uh, they can't do that here. So that's part of it. And then, I mean, the same thing applies to 2024 guys too, Ryan. We talk about this all the time, but, you know, a lot of guys spent a lot of time, money, effort, and energy in their families traveling in June or to spring practices or to the blue-white mm-hmm. game. And so, you know, it disappoints fans when the kind of players like you're talking about don't make it to campus. But at the same time, you know, it's important to remember, that, again, there's a lot of time, money, effort, and energy that are involved with these trips. And not every one of them is going to happen every single time, even though the plan was for them to. So uh, yeah. I think that's a, just an important subtext to keep in mind. Yeah, Tyshare Denmark, I believe he went to Oregon a couple days. Yeah, he did. He went to Oregon a few days before uh, he was expected to be a Penn State. And then Josiah Brown also, too, went to Notre Dame uh, earlier in the week, too. So that's a lot of traveling. And uh, look, all the, both of those guys have been here multiple times before. They'll probably right. end up visiting Penn State as much as any other school out there. So it's not a it's not a big deal uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. But I know just fans always want to get feedback on those players. So that's why I'm kind of making sure it's it's out there that they didn't they didn't show but uh hey it, it's it's that time of the year we're about to start preseason two i mean there's so many guys that i've just been like hey look i'm done like talk to me in september october when we start taking games again but 
Um, we're going to start visiting for, for games again, excuse me. Uh, but right now they just, uh, they're all, the, all their focus is on uh, junior, senior seasons. Yeah, and I think you're going to see more and more of that here as August begins. And, of course, Penn State camp started on Monday, August 1st. High school camps, depending on where you're at in the country, start this week, next week, maybe even last week. So, yeah, the recruiting news is not going to die to a complete hum, but it's going to reduce dramatically compared to what it was for pretty much every month uh, besides February yeah. and May since the start of the year. So uh, this we'll is my vacation month. You know, with the latest. Correct. That's right. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You will be in and out throughout the month for sure. Well, that's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickles. This is the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. We're about halfway through this week's episode. And Ryan, I want to move on to a 2024 player who put Penn State in his top 10. Amelia Agar is a player we talked about quite a bit back in the spring. You and I had a chance to uh, see him earlier this year during a live eval opportunity and he's a player that Penn State has hosted before and has been interested in for quite some time and he's down to a top 10 so you know I know fans often especially when it comes to underclassmen roll their eyes at these top school lists but look at you right before we started recording Anthony Specka the very talented linebacker out of the Pittsburgh area said he is soon going to cut his list down so you know that's the way the recruiting calendar is I mean we're sitting here talking about 2024 and 2025 guys at the last bash well guess what mm -hmm. a lot of those guys are going to start making their initial cuts now that they've been able to take spring and summer visits and go to camps and things like that and amelia agard's the one of the first players to do it uh from this area anyway uh heading into the august month here yeah look he's got a top 10 of course penn state was in it alabama clemson georgia miami michigan notre dame south carolina tennessee and texas a&m the, the, the schools that stand out the most here right now, though, are Clemson, where he visited in June, uh, where he visited all these schools in June, Clemson, Alabama, Tennessee, Notre Dame and Michigan, and of course, Penn State. I mean, those are the schools he's visited, followed the visits. There's a reason that we log all these visits into the on three prediction machine because they are massively important. So follow those six. You know, aside from that, I don't have a ton to say. I, I've thought for a long yeah. time that Agard's probably going to end up down south. That, that's the impression I get when I speak with him. When I read other interviews, I just I just get the sense that he really is interested in the SEC. And we see that with Philadelphia players every year. So maybe I will be wrong with that in the long run. Uh, the fact that Michigan was the only other really northern team. Well, I guess Notre Dame, too, uh, aside from Penn State. But, I mean, just look at the list. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas A&M, I mean, Miami, like these, when, when 70% of your list is, is Southern schools, it just kind of tells me that's where, that's where his interest is. So we will see down the road. Of course, Penn State will continue recruiting him. I'm sure he'll make it to a game this year, but if I had to make a pick right now, I think it'll be an SEC player. Agar, the number 166 uh, player in the country, according to the on three consensus player rankings for the class of 2024, a four star, six foot, 170 pound corner out of uh, St. Joe's Prep in Philadelphia. So we'll see there. We won't spend a lot of time on that, but just wanted to flag it and pass it along as we move on here and look at what Penn State fans should be expecting this month. So obviously, as we said, August is going to quiet down significantly on the recruiting trail. We'll see some top schools list comes out, maybe a commitment or two around the country and things like that. But by and large, everyone at the college level is focused on camp and everyone at the high school level is focused on camp. The season's almost here for Penn State. It's under 30 days away until the Nittany Lions head to Purdue and take on the Boilermakers in West Lafayette on September 1st. So Ryan, I just want to give everyone kind of the lay of the land. I know you got some info here for what fans should be expecting, but uh, there's not. Uh, it's not by mistake that you're going to be able to take some vacation this month because there will be, like we said, some things that pop up, but 
a few and far between here as camp begins at the high school and the college level. Yeah, there's three players, really. Uh, Kavion Keys, linebacker, Carmelo Taylor, wide receiver, and defensive end Jalen Thompson. And those are the three that have made it pretty clear that they're going to uh, decide this month. Now, honestly, my gut tells me that maybe one of them probably won't. I think I think Carmelo Taylor's pushed his decision back enough. Now, let me, let me actually say this. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Jalen Thompson didn't decide in August. Just Same. The fact that he went back. Just after chatting with him a few times. State, yeah. Yeah, I, I just I feel like he wants to get it over for his senior season, but I don't think he's quite ready for it yet. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong with that. I, I will say that him making it to Ohio State uh, when he did last week and then going to Michigan State, I wouldn't be shocked if Ohio State's kind of emerging as a favorite. I put in a prediction machine pick with the full mindset that he was coming to Penn State and, and Ohio State, but also that Ohio State had guys ahead of him. John Walker, who doesn't play defensive end, but would have been a defensive line scholarship for them. Surprise man, he ends up at UCF. There's some other things falling with Ohio State that makes me think Jalen Thompson's becoming more of an important player for them. And that that's going to bode well probably for the Buckeyes. We'll see with Michigan State thing. I, I have to talk to some colleagues out there at East Lansing to get a better feel for where he's at on their board. I mean, Michigan State, for the most part, felt like they moved on from Jalen. Everybody out there was saying that at least. Uh, and then he ends up going to Michigan State this past weekend. So let's see kind of where that stacks up. I don't feel as strong about Penn State as I did at one point. I mean, I, did I rush that one a little bit? Yeah, probably. But I also made that clear at the time that I was like, this isn't a done deal or anything. And I'm putting this in because I, I what I'm reading on the tea leaves. And then, of course, he does a visit. And then, yeah, so that things change right there. But I just wouldn't be shocked if he didn't decide in August. I wouldn't be shocked. I do think KV on Keys is going to decide. He went to UNC this past weekend. I think that says a good bit uh, on his interest. He could have went to Penn State, could have went to UNC, could have went to Florida. He chose UNC. He's been to UNC three times now, Penn State once. Uh, you know, I, I I know Penn State felt good about KVON coming out. I mean, we, we reported on that as soon as he left and reported it for a week or two now. But I just I, August 27th, this is his last visit. Until then, I would I would pick UNC right now if I had to make a pick. So Let's see with that one. And then Carmelo Taylor is just anyone's guess right now. I mean, he's been telling us South Carolina and Penn State, and then he goes to Virginia Tech. I wouldn't be really surprised if he was kind of hyping up South Carolina and Penn State and then for, ultimately, for it to ultimately be Virginia Tech in the end. But if I, had to, if I had to pick an order right now, I would probably say South Carolina is still a favorite, maybe Virginia Tech ahead of Penn State there. So none of those three really seem to be falling uh, in Penn State's favor at the moment. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, – Maybe for another position, of course, quarterback, which we haven't talked about yet, which we probably should talk about uh, on this podcast. That that's that's the position that I think we could figure out in August, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, no, Penn State fans, we did not forget to talk about the quarterbacks. We just wanted you to make sure you listen to at least most, if not all, of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show by putting the quarterbacks last in our rundown. So uh, we're going to get to that now. Penn State obviously losing Marcus Stokes to Florida at a point in time when. The Nittany Lions didn't really have a lot of other options on their board at that second in time because of they were committed to Stokes and vice versa. James Franklin actually at Big Ten Media Days, Ryan, kind of went on a small tangent about how that is a two-way street where we're committed to you and we're not you know, we're not recruiting your spot, but then we're mm-hmm. not, you know, that means we're not recruiting your spot because you're committed to us. And it wasn't right. necessarily about Marcus Stokes or about 
quarterbacks in general or anything, but uh, sort of that's how you end up in the position Penn State was, where they're trying to get quarterbacks to campus. They got one, two, actually a couple to campus last week. And where do things stand there? Uh, and is Jackson Smolik the guy that they're top of their wish list to flip in this class, in your opinion? Yeah, he's the offer. Uh, we reported on that Saturday afternoon. Penn State offered Jackson Smolik after Friday night's camp. Of course, uh, T. Frank and I were there to, to check him out. Uh, pretty good athlete. Yeah, that's that's what we took away from that. Um, one of the better athletes, I think. Uh, better athlete than I thought I, I was going to see there. I mean, I knew he was a good athlete, but uh, we'll say 4.740 uh, was, was where he ran and uh, also had a pretty good shuttle time, too. Uh, I'm not going to totally put all those numbers out there, but he, he's a he's – a, He's a pretty good athlete. And that's what, of course, Penn State's always usually looking for. Um, and, yeah, so this is going to be their quarterback target. The Look, it's easy to right now to say, oh, Tulane, he's going to flip. And, you know, no doubt about it. And, of course, if I had to make a pick right now, it, it would absolutely be Penn State. What I think we're going to see, though, is other schools come calling. And that's where I'm intrigued. Jackson wants to have this done. He told me this on Twitter last night. He wants to have this done before his senior season. But as James Franklin always says, this is a copycat business. And I would be pretty surprised if an SEC school doesn't offer, if maybe a Big 12 school or two doesn't offer. And when you get, a, if you're, if he's going to get a few power fives, really what he should do is wait and, and, and see those, see those schools during the season. So I want to see what schools offer him and if, and how that impacts his recruitment before I would put in, uh, any predictions or anything like that, because I absolutely expect other schools to come calling and uh, we'll, we'll see how it uh, all plays out in the end. But Jackson Smolik is their guy. CJ Tiller uh, was also there. He's a Boise State commit. And uh, so was Ty Diefenbach, who is a UNLV commit. Both good players, but, uh, you know, they didn't put up quite the quite the testing times that uh, Jackson did. I don't think Tiller even tested, which is silly. If you're going to come all the way out there, you should test. Uh, Diefenbach did test, but he's just, I mean, Diefenbach's incredibly tall. I forget what it is. I think he was like I'm trying to find it here now. Six, five, six, six, something like that. I mean, he's got a, he's got a lot of length on him, but uh, he's a big not, guy, not as yes. good of an athlete. Yeah. Not as good of an athlete as Smolik was. So uh, there's a lot of, I, I thought, I thought there was a lot of positives out of that camp though. Um, you know, obviously we watched the quarterbacks a lot, but there was a, that was, that was one of the more talented camps, uh, that we saw this year, Bo Jackson, who T, uh, T Frank and, um, other colleagues of mine were, were joking about watching um, 20, talented 2024 running back out of Ohio, really impressed. Johnny Shakir was there. Uh, Keldon Ryan's a really good 2025 uh, quarterback out of uh, – uh, where is it? Somewhere in Texas. I forget the town. But uh, it, was, it was a pretty talented group uh, of players there. Jalen Matthews is going to be an awesome 2025 offensive lineman. Cooper Cousins was there. Uh, Andrew Rappelier, of course, was there. Rappelier is just coming off an injury, so – uh, his testing times weren't as good as we've normally seen. I mean, Rappier runs a legit like four, five, forty guys. Like he is one hell of an athlete. I'm really excited to to watch him this year. But it was a, it was a really talented camp. But of course, quarterback is what had most of our focus, and uh, Jackson Smolik ended up being the top guy. Yeah, so we'll see what Penn State can do there. I agree with you that it seems that that's the that's the right approach to take. That I, I don't think he ends up at Tulane. I don't think it's a guarantee that he no. ends up at Penn State. That's that's it. that's probably the simplest way to put all of this. If you're the Green Wave, you just have to shake your head and know that this was 
always a possibility once he did what he did at the Elite 11. And I'm thinking the Tulane staff, Ryan, probably wishes he did not show up at the Elite 11 because obviously yeah. that is where a lot of this attention started to come from. And he was a late ad there. If uh, the quarterback that's going to Tennessee, uh, you know, Nico didn't back out late. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, well, I was going to see if you wanted to try it. I wasn't know. going to. Um, but, you know, he didn't back out late. Uh, Jackson Smolik's not there, and this attention doesn't come. So we'll see. Time will tell. But let's get into final thoughts here on this edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. Anything come to mind as we come down the home stretch here and get ready for a less busy August compared to June and July? Yeah, you mentioned Anthony Specka, uh, who also – we Specka came on campus last Thursday – uh, really important linebacker out of Pittsburgh Central Catholic. Uh, and Penn State had a great visit there. I think I have a pretty good relationship with Specka. He's one of those players that uh, you know, we built a pretty good bond with. And I, and I feel pretty confident saying that Penn State was not the team to beat going into that Thursday visit. Uh, I think Michigan is more uh, of the team to beat. Um, I think a lot of people think it's Notre Dame. And don't get me wrong, Notre Dame's in the mix. But if I had to, if I had to pick a tier right now with Specka, I, I would kind of lean more Michigan-Penn State uh, with probably Notre Dame, Tennessee, South Carolina being uh, the you know third through five there, but but Penn State really made up some serious ground there with Specka. Getting close with Manny Diaz was really important, which was very similar to how his close friend Tamir Robinson's recruitment kind of played out. You know, really liked Penn State, knew what Penn State could offer, but he had to get to know Manny, and and that's what they accomplished here. I mean, Specka was supposed to come for the last bash, and Penn State moved it up a couple of days just to make sure he got that personal time, which he needed. I mean, every other visit he came with was Quentin Martin. You know, he, he came with Quentin Martin, Tamir Robinson, and a bunch of other talented guys. And, of course, uh, when, when you come with players like that, you're just not – you're never going to get the attention that a player like Specka truly should get. I mean, I have him as basically 1-1A one one with uh, Aaron Childs right now on Penn State's board, uh, and, and I, I expect that to, to stay their way. So, uh, as you said, Specka's going to put out top eight soon. Those five schools I mentioned, they, they all should firmly be in there, and I'm sure a few others would be in the mix. But right now I see this as, as a Michigan-Penn State battle. All right. Well, recruiting will continue on, and Ryan will have the latest updates for you at Blue White Illustrated, where it's $1 for one year of access to premium team insight, insider recruiting notes, our premium Lions Den form, and so much more. So join us there. Don't forget to like and subscribe, depending if you're listening to the YouTube and the podcast. And for Ryan Snyder, I'm Greg Pickle. It's been another edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. We'll catch you next week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.